What would your life be like if you had no fear? I want to talk about a stronghold that I know is affecting your life on a daily basis, but you might not even be aware of it. Welcome to the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast, brought to you by Restoring the Foundations International. Our desire is to equip you with biblical truth to empower you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. For more, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. Now, here's your podcast. Today's verse is John 1:12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believed in his name. I'm Lee Whitman, and today I want to talk about living our Christian life as an orphan. What if you could live your life without fear? No fear of what other people thought about you. No fear of opening your heart to, to truly experience the depths of God's love so that you could live in that love and then give that love away to the next person you met. What would your marriage be like? What would your family be like? How about your relationships with others? What if you were not afraid to trust or to become vulnerable, to reach out and touch others and let them touch you? What would church be like if we had no fear? Let me ask you this. Do you wake up every morning feeling like a son who is secure and confident of your heavenly father's love and live your life for the joy of giving that love away to others? Or do you get up every day and feel like a slave, struggling constantly with fears of failure, fears of rejection, unable to trust, wondering what you have to do to appease the master today? I'm taking much of this message uh, for this podcast from the writing and teaching of Jack Frost. He has two wonderful books that I recommend to everyone, Experiencing the Father's Embrace and Spiritual Slavery to Spiritual Sonship. They're wonderful books. In them, Jack Frost says that the number one thing that keeps us from experiencing intimacy with God is feeling like an orphan. It's also the number one thing that keeps us from having better relationships with family and friends. When we feel like an orphan, we don't feel safe, so we protect ourselves by withdrawing in some cases or attacking in other cases. You know, we were created to live as beloved sons and daughters of God who have a home in their father's love. Adam and Eve experienced this in the garden. They walked with God in the cool of the evening. They had face-to-face fellowship with Father God. God was excited to see them. He didn't come to them with expectations like, hey, what have you done with my garden today? He simply wanted to be with them. But when they ate the forbidden fruit, they made a choice to become independent of God. At that moment, they became orphans. They quit looking to God as Father and decided that they could do life better on their own. They have passed that orphan heart down to every generation of mankind since then. We're all born with a tendency toward an orphan heart. We all come into this life looking to our parents to meet our needs. The hard reality is that even the best parents cannot meet all of their children's needs. So at some point in life, kids fire their parents In other words, they quit looking to their parents to meet their needs and begin trying to get their needs met on their own. They begin living life like an orphan who has to take care of themselves. I even heard of one child who took his parents to court to divorce them. 
So wanting to fire your parents is part of the curse from Adam and Eve's sin towards fatherlessness. Today, more children grow up either without a father physically in the home or with a father in the home who is disconnected from their families, so it feels like they have no father. You know, I personally grew up with both my parents in our home. My dad was home every night. He provided well for our family. He attended all of my sporting activities and other special events. He was physically there, but I grew up as an orphan. My dad did not know how to connect with me emotionally and give me the direction that I needed. It seemed like the only direction I did receive was not encouragement, but correction. So at some point in my early life, I fired my dad and quit trying to get his affirmation and approval. I set out from then on to get affirmation and approval from anyone who would give it to me. There's a guy named Paul Vitz, a former atheist and professor at New York University, who did research into the backgrounds of the leading atheists from the past three generations and found out that all of their fathers, all of them, were either abusive, distant, or absent. You can see in this research the effects of the curse of fatherlessness. The physical effects of fatherlessness are devastating to a person's life, but so are the spiritual effects. In this podcast and in the next podcast, I want to look at the spiritual effects of living life as an orphan. I want to start by talking through the progression of how orphan thinking operates in our lives. I know I'm talking to believers in this podcast who do have a relationship with Father God through Jesus. I also know that many of us have been infected with orphan thinking and may not even be aware of it. As I said earlier, I was a major orphan as a believer and even as a pastor. So I present this to you today not to shame or condemn you. I present it with great hope that Father God will use it to draw each of us into a deeper relationship with him. Now, you'll see as we go through these progressions that they build on each other. So orphan thinking begins by causing us to focus on the faults we see in our parental authority. Remember, we're born needing love, and the first place we look to receive that love is with our earthly parents. God designed the family unit to be an expression of himself to children, yet at the same time knowing that human parents could not meet all of their children's love needs. Only through a relationship with Father God can we have our love need totally met. So somewhere along our growing up years, we begin to recognize the disappointments, the broken promises, the inconsistencies, and the times when our parents did not properly express love to us. I can remember times when I was way too harsh in disciplining my own children. For example, the church we attended when my boys were very young was a gymnasium six days of the week and a church sanctuary on Sunday. I can remember one Sunday after church, my five-year-old son was running through the church like we did the other six days of the week, and due to my embarrassment for what the church people might think of me as a father, I disciplined him much harsher than I should have out of my anger. I was a poor representation of Father God to my son. So the next step in this progression is we begin to receive parental faults as disappointments, discouragements, grief, or rejection. A child's perceptions are very real to them. Perceived disappointment feels like actual disappointment. The same is true of discouragement, grief, and rejection. 
I can remember my dad saying, I'm disappointed in you for not getting your chores done. What I heard was that I was a disappointment to him. I was unable to hear at that stage in my life that my work effort was unacceptable, but I heard that I was unacceptable. So next, we lose basic trust in our parents. When you look to your parents for love and acceptance, and instead you receive rejection, you will lose trust. You begin to close off your heart from your parents. For example, if you go to, uh, to share a story about something that happened during your day with your mom or dad, and they're busy doing something else, and you get ignored, or worse yet, yelled at for interrupting them, you begin to lose trust. You decide that it's not worth the risk of sharing your life with them. You begin to move closer to firing your parents. In this situation, not only are we closing off our heart to our earthly parents, but we also begin to close off our heart to Father God. So next, we move into fear of receiving love, comfort, and admonition from others. If we can't risk giving and receiving love from those that know us the best and are supposed to love us the most, then we also shut ourselves off to the idea of receiving love from others, and that includes God. Next, we develop a closed spirit. When we close our hearts to receiving love, we close our hearts to intimacy. We build walls around our hearts to protect ourselves from getting hurt again. Sometimes this leads us to believe the ungodly belief that we're not even worth loving. Next, we take on an independent, self-reliant attitude. I'm all alone. I have to take care of myself. I can't count on anyone else, including God. I can remember as an eight-year-old little boy going into what we called our den with our cat, closing the door and telling the cat that she was the only one who cared about me. Eight years old, and I'd already started the process of firing my parents. We then start controlling our relationships. Now, I learned early on that if I asked other people questions about themselves, I didn't need to talk about myself. So at this point, conversations and relationships remain on the surface so we don't get hurt. We go to church, and what do we do? We talk about current events or sports or things with the kids so that we can be in control. Isolation and withdrawal are methods of control to protect ourselves from rejection. Next in this progression is our relationships become superficial. You know, most people today have very few real friends. Why? Friendships take vulnerability, and vulnerability takes risk. The fear of trusting, the fear of intimacy, and the fear of rejection keep others at arm's length. You know, most men do not have a single close friend for this very reason. Next, we develop an ungodly belief that says, no one will be there to meet my needs. And then out of that belief, we begin to live life like spiritual orphans. As orphans, we begin to chase counterfeit affections, passions of the flesh, things like addictions to food or alcohol, drugs, sex, pornography, even escapism. Even religion can be an escape. We then might choose possessions. If I have possessions, I'll, I'll feel better. Or we go for position, because if I get position, then I receive the praise of man. Or we, we try to fill it with performance, doing more to try and fill that need by performing. 
or we deal with people. You know, if I just had another person in my life, I'd be okay. Maybe even a different spouse is the answer. Or we look for place to make us more important or an affection. You know, I I need a better job. I need a better home. Maybe I need to live in another town. If we just live someplace else, everything would be okay. Or we look to power. If I can control my own life and destiny, then I will be okay. When we progress down this path, we ultimately get to the place where it's a daily battle of the stronghold and this oppression that comes from orphan thinking. Things like, that's just the way I am. I'm just always going to be this way. Or I'm just a loner. I really don't need other people. Or I'm not very good in social situations, so I'll just stay away. Or things like, I don't fit in. I'm better off by myself. And ultimately, we get to the place of, I have to take care of myself because no one else will, including God. Now, remember that orphan life, this orphan lifestyle is a stronghold that began in the Garden of Eden, and it's been passed down for generations. It's something that is so deeply entrenched in our way of life that we often consider it to be normal. And you have to realize you can't think your way out of a stronghold like this one. No. You have to dismantle the stronghold, take it apart to break its power. Now, RTF ministry does just that. RTF dismantles strongholds by applying God's solution to each of the areas that are holding the stronghold in place. You must nullify the pressure to walk in orphan thinking that you inherited from your ancestors that came down through your bloodline. Then you must cancel any agreements that you've made with this stronghold through ungodly beliefs and replace those lies with God's truth. Then you need to have your broken heart healed. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted, and he's really good at it. Then once those three things are dismantled, then we can remove the demonic oppression that is energizing this stronghold in your life. Freedom is available. Don't settle for anything less. If you recognize any of this going on in your life, email our ministry office at healing at restoringthefoundations.org to find an RTF minister in your area and get rid of this stronghold. Now, next week, we're going to describe how this stronghold of orphan lifestyle thinking operates so that you can recognize when you're being influenced to walk in orphan thinking. So, Father God, I pray for each one that's on this, uh, listening to this podcast today, that you would reveal yourself to them as Father. What we really need, we, Jesus Christ came to give us a way to the Father so that we could have access to the Father that we need to meet the needs of our heart. So, Lord, I just ask right now that anyone that's struggling would reach out, give them the courage to, to get on the email, to, to email us uh, at Restoring the Foundations so that they can receive the, the freedom that you already have for them. And Father, I just, again, pray blessings on each one that listens today that you would reveal yourself in a deeper, in a more intimate, intimate way. That's what you desire. You desire to be the Father that we've never had. So I just invite you, come, Holy Spirit, do your work in our lives. Thank you for this time together, Lord, today, and use it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on the Hope, Healing, and Freedom podcast today. 
We pray you are blessed and equipped with biblical truth, empowering you to live a full life of freedom in Christ. To learn more about the ministry of Restoring the Foundations International, please visit restoringthefoundations.org. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.